Well, in the words of the Christmas song, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas, isn't it? Everywhere you go, everywhere. Guy Fawkes, fireworks night, it's over. Black Friday's over. Cyber Monday and Cyber Week and all that are finished. Um, and these past couple of weeks, we've begun to have our first really taste of winter with frost on the ground and even a wee bit of snow for us. It was only a wee bit where we were last week, but I've heard up where the Misens was. It was very bad up there. Um, so all these sort of things are happening. And as, about, as you go about your life, you see that it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. The Christmas market has arrived. Christmas decorations are going up. The trees are being assembled. We're seeing everybody's pictures on Facebook of the trees. The lights are being hung. Children are making their wish lists and sending them to Santa. Mince pies are being made. And the shops are crowded with shoppers trying to find the perfect gift. And the traffic is just manic everywhere, isn't it? That always seems to get worse at Christmas for some reason. How are you getting on with your Christmas preparations? Is your tree up? Is the house decorated? Does that, do you have all your Christmas shopping? I bought my turkey yesterday and it's in the freezer. So can I just tell everybody now, on the 24th of uh, December, that's right, isn't it? Can you all ask me if my turkey's out the freezer? Because I'm really nervous I'm going to forget about it. So everybody, I don't care if it's the whole congregation, ask me, have you taken the turkey out the freezer? Okay, is that a little pack that we can make? Because I'm nervous, I'm very nervous that I'm going to forget it. Um, and you know what, We've, it's just such a busy time as Adrian has just been talking about that um, with all the preparations that we've got to do, it can sometimes feel a little bit of a relief when it's over. Um, and uh, Adrian and I often talk a lot about how uh, the fact that two, on 2 p.m. on Christmas Day, we can just go, oh, that's it, it's done for another year. The busyness of Christmas is something that we can all relate to, isn't it? And God can as well. He knows what it's like to get ready for Christmas and for the Christ's coming. He had to prepare for the world for his son's arrival. In the Old Testament, we see some of those preparations. In Isaiah's day, some 700 years before Christ, God was already planning the, 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 the Israelites' return from Babylon through the Babylonian king Cyrus. He was already orchestrating the events to get him into power and to set the motion um, into motion the events that would get his people back home later, back home. And later on, God would work through Alexander the Great, who spread the Greek culture and language through the conquests. God had, his, had the Roman, Romans come to power, and they were the ones that practiced crucifixion and put people like Herod and Pontius Pilate into power. God worked through Caesar Augustus' census that got Mary and Joseph to Bethlehem while Quirinius who can ever say that name, was governor of Sirius. God, Syria, God was preparing for his son's arrival. And this was not all that he did. And Mark makes that clear in our Bible reading today. He's right here. It is written in Isaiah the prophet, I will send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare you your way, a voice of one calling in the desert. Prepare the way for the Lord make straight paths for him. And John appeared. God sent John the Baptist to prepare his people and to prepare the way for his son. John the Baptist was that promised messenger of old and the new Elijah that was to come before the Messiah. He was even dressed like him too with the camel's hair and the leather belt. 
John was to prepare the way for Jesus. He was to remove the obstacles and the things that would hinder and affect his coming. He was the warm-up act for Jesus. So what does he say that would help us to prepare? And he says here in this line, he says that we have to make straight paths for him. I've read that in ancient times when a king would visit a city, messengers would be sent ahead and the people of a city would go out and prepare the roads. Romans certainly took great pride in their roads, yet that way the scripture is speaking of, of is not a road of dirt or stone, but a road of flesh, the heart. So how did John make the path straight for the coming of the Messiah? Well, look on with me to verse 4 where it says, And so John came baptizing in the desert region and preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sin. For John, primary to his task of preparing the way for the coming Messiah was, was a preaching of repentance and through his baptism, the cleansing was illustrated. And as we prepare him room this Christmas and get ready for his coming, repentance is paramount. Now, you don't hear a lot of sermons these days on repentance. Repentance is a bit of an old-fashioned word now. You don't hear much of it much outside church circles. The average person doesn't really use the word repentance in their vocabulary much, do they? Repentance simply means that turning away from sin, which also seems to be a word that we don't use nowadays. You don't hear it much. The average person doesn't usually talk about sin. Perhaps they might use the phrase toxic behavior instead. Sin, at its core, is anything that turns us away from God and the path that he would have us follow. Alternatively, Sin is anything that keeps us away from God by barricading our way into his presence. Repentance means turning away from that which turns us from God. Repentance means taking down the barriers that keep us away from God. Sin breaks down our relationship with God. Repentance prepares us for restored relationships. So repentance is about preparing the way for the Lord, for the king. The Hebrew word used most often in the Old Testament to talk about repentance is teshuvah. It means to turn around, to return. It means to stop going in the wrong direction and turn back into the right direction. It means to stop going away from God and turn around so that we can go towards God. It's in the New Testament, the Greek word most often used to talk about repentance is metanoia. It means to change your mind, to be converted from one way of thinking to another way of thinking. Now, if you're like me, when you think about repentance, often the, the picture that you have is this first major big turning when someone whose life is completely away from the Lord, someone who doesn't know the Lord, someone who has rejected the Lord, turns for the first time and comes to know God and receive him as king, as Lord and savior of their lives. They turn for the first time, they repent, and their life begins to change as God's grace works on them. A bit perhaps like Saul on his journey to Damascus. And that's valid, that's repentance. But repentance also has to do with the little 
and the not-so-little changes and turns that those of us who are seeking to walk with the Lord continually have to make. It's not a one-time thing. At the beginning of the relationship, yes, but, but actually we have to start this program of maintenance throughout the relationship, and that's, that's the piece of it that I want to talk to us, to you all about today. So we're having a bit of a problem with the dishwasher in the kitchen, if you haven't already heard, that kitchen. And it's not working properly. Sometimes it heats up and works, and sometimes it doesn't. We got a maintenance man to come in and fix it and to look at it, and he ordered a new part. The second maintenance man came in last week. I was so very excited to see him, and I told him so, and he was very encouraged by my reaction. He said that he didn't get that reaction usually. Anyway, he fitted the new part and said that it was all working now. He explained what he thought had gone wrong and showed us how to work it properly because apparently we've been working it wrong all the time we've had it. Anyway, Dave, caterer extraordinaire, Dave Richardson, gave it a try for us out on Friday. He's broken again. <laughs> the maintenance man, it's not, it wasn't Dave's fault. <laughs> Sorry, Dave. He was there he, when he explained it, uh, you know, so it wasn't his fault. He's even put stickers on, haven't you, Dave? It's amazing, really. Um, so the mo maintenance man has not worked out yet what's wrong with this machine and that what's stopping it from working perfectly. But you know what? We'll keep persevering until we get to the bottom of what the problem is. For the dishwasher to work as it should, we have to identify the problem the thing that's stopping it from working, and fix it and adjust it accordingly. And we have to keep at it. And the same applies to our Christian living, of course. In this life, God desires for us to walk in perfect fellowship with him so that we are prepared and ready for his coming again. And this involves several things. To walk in perfect fellowship with God means keeping our eyes turned towards him. Anything that causes us to look away because something has drawn our attention disrupts our fel fellowship with him. Anything that causes us to look down or close our eyes in fear or shame or despair disrupts our fellowship with him. To walk in perfect fellowship with God means to walk without hesitation or, stumb or stumbling. Anything that causes us to trip or blocks our passage disrupts our fellowship with him. To walk in fellowship with God means walking the path that he set before us. Anything that causes us to turn to the left or the right and step off the path that disrupts our fellowship with him. And in this life, we are, we are broken people living in a broken world. Our work, walk will be disrupted. It's unavoidable. We will encounter things that will draw our attention in a different direction. We will experience things that cause us to look down or close our eyes in a, in a spiritual sense. <clears throat> we will make choices that will take us off the path that God sets before us. We will be sideswiped by other people's choices in ways that threaten to knock us off the path that God set before us. Our path will be strewn with obstacles. We will trip and even fall. We'll come up against barricades that block our way entirely. But you know what? God is gracious. He forgives through Christ. He does not hold against us all the times we turn away or we trip. Our God forgives. Our God desires that we return to the path 
That's where repentance comes from. Repentance is about our will to return, our regret for the disruption, our decision to turn to him, our will to look to him and follow his lead once again. It's about preparing the way for change, turning to face a new direction, reorientating ourselves completely from aiming in one direction to aiming in a whole different direction. Repentance is refining our lives. Frank kept telling the strangest, uh, kept, kept the strangest of Christmas lists. He called it my refinement list. He first made one when he was about 45 years old and he worked at it faithfully for 29 years. He was 74 and a grandfather. In all that time, it had remained a secret, but now his youngest grandchild discovered his list and looked Grandpa Frank dead in the eye and said, what is this? A special Christmas list, answered Frank a bit vaguely. Is it what you want for Christmas? asked the boy. It's not that kind of list, answered Frank. Is it what you're going to give other people? The boy asked. Well, no, it's not that kind of list either. Then searching for words to explain something he felt was important and wanted to pass on, Frank tenderly spoke to the boy and said, a few weeks ago before Christmas, I just write down the things I'd like God to help me get rid of, like selfishness or being impatient with your grandmother or wanting too many things for myself. And I figure the more I get rid of the things like that, the more I'll be able to rejoice in the good things God gives us all. At Christmas, we talk about making Christmas lists. But I love this idea of an alternative Christmas list, a refinement list. I love that idea. Like my problem with the dishwasher, a refinement list is trying to identify the things that stops you working as you should, properly in perfect fellowship with Christ, and working to eliminate them or even lessen their impact. I wonder... If you had a refinement list right now, what, what would it look like? What would you have on that list? Repentance is about refining your life journey to walk more closely with God. It's not just feeling sorry, although that's part of it. Repentance is about realizing you're heading in the wrong direction, admitting it, regretting it, making a decision to turn, and then turning, all by the grace of God and with his help, refining your life journey, like Frank did. That means turning away from actions that are not pleasing to God, such as perhaps, for example, gossiping or anger or impatience. You'll know those things that are specific to you. And this idea of refinement list is, means that we just have to keep at it all the time. Every time we have this unworthy thought of hatred or bitterness or lust or revenge or greed, we repent. We don't just follow on the path of it. We stop and we turn around. Not doing that work of refining can often lead to the toxic behavior, the sin becoming more toxic and taking over our lives more and more. In this broken world, we can't completely prevent the sin, 
but we can seek to keep our refinement list, keep to our refinement list as much as possible by identifying the sin, the toxic behavior, naming it, surrendering it to God, and then being forgiven. God's forgiveness, as it acts upon me and you, refines us. But also every time I fall victim to the unloving words and actions of other, others, even though it's not my sin, but it, my path is disrupted nonetheless. I can't completely be protected from falling victim to the unloving words and actions of others, but I can be attentive to the broken places. I can identify them, I can name them, I can surrender them to God, and I can forgive with God's help and with the help of others. And in that process, in my forgiveness, the grace of God comes in and heals those feelings and responses within me that are not helpful. That's part of repentance. That's this refining process as well. And this is an ongoing process. Like Paul writes, the good we want to do, we do not do. And the evil we do not want to do, we do. Throughout our lives, we take wrong turns and we go in the wrong direction. Throughout our lives, we face times when we need to turn around and change direction. Throughout our lives, we'll fall victim to the unloving words and actions of others. Throughout our lives, ob obstacles come into our path through our choices and also caused by the choices of others. So repentance isn't something we do just once and forget about it. We keep on actively looking at ourselves and see how we can refine ourselves and repenting when we notice those things that are stopping us from being who we should be and walking in that perfect fellowship with God. Advent is a time of preparation, a time of preparing to celebrate Jesus' first coming, and all that meant yes. But you know what? It's, and I think sometimes we forget about this. It's also a time for us to prepare for Jesus coming again. We talked about that last week. Are you ready? Are you ready for that? Well, if not, perhaps it's time to get ready. Prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight paths for him, John said. So I'm not asking you this day what's on your Christmas list this Advent. I'd rather ask you what's on your refinement list. What's on your refinement list today? What are the things that you need to repent of and perhaps the things that you regularly have issues with that barricade that relationship to God that barricade, that, that ability to walk in perfect fellowship with him. In the busyness of this day, and all that's gone on already, we're going to use a song in a moment to sing our prayer and desire that the Lord would refine us and make us pure so that we are ready for him coming again. And the words say, purify my heart, make me as gold, and precious silver. And then the chorus says, refine as fire. My heart's one desire is to be holy. That's walking in perfect fellowship with God. Set apart for you, Lord. I choose to be holy. Set apart for you, my master, ready to do your will.
But before we sing this, the music's just going to play quietly in the background. We're going to have some time where we can just be still and think about what are, would be on our refinement list. I imagine that's what Frank does. He has a quiet time and he sits thoughtfully and thinks about what's on his refi refinement list. It might help you to write it down, put it on your phone in your notes just now. Things that you need to work on over this Advent period in particular. What needs to go on your list this morning? We've all got something. We've all got something. What are the areas that you need to work on so that you are prepared and ready to meet Jesus when he comes again? That's what Advent is about. So in this quietness and stillness of this busy time, we're not doing anything now. Don't be afraid of that. We're just going to sit here and think about what's on our refinement list. And perhaps as we do that, the Lord will put things in your mind. Ah, yes. Ah, yes. Oh, yes, I need to work on that too. Allow the Lord to work in and through you just now and show you those things just in this quietness. Thank you, John. Things that need to go on the list that you need to ask him to refine you in just now let's sing this beautiful prayer together that the Lord would refine us so that we're ready to do his will and walk with him in fellowship
So let me pray with you. Gracious God, help us to meet you as you come to us. Help us to prepare your way in our lives and to announce your coming in love to others. Take, O oh God, what we give and transform it into your glory. Lord, hear too our prayers for those rough places in our lives and in the lives of others that we name before you. Fill the valleys with your light. Level the uneven paths with your grace and grant that your spirit might so move us and others that your saving presence might be visible to all. Lord, today on this Sunday of preparation, this Sunday which celebrates your peace, help there to be peace in our lives. Help there to be peace in our churches. Help there to be peace in our world where we have sinned. Move us to repentance and help us to confess to those we have grieved and seek their forgiveness. And when others have sinned against us, help us to trust in your vindication and grant that those who have hurt us might see your light and made new in Christ. And so we ask all these things in the name of the one John appointed to, Christ, Jesus, your living word. Amen. Amen.